sorry I don't love you A fresh I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Mike Kamate. We're getting back on the Marvel grind here a little bit. We are kicking things off again with Iron Man 2. I have several of the movies that I do still want to get to, so we'll be doing this and The Incredible Hulk, because I apparently am very interested in rewatching bad movies. <laughs> but Mike, how are you doing today? Are you ready to talk about Iron Man 2? I'm I'm always glad to be back here and it's actually kind of fun to be talking about a movie that I, I don't like for once. I think the past three you've given me have been probably my three favorites, I think, right? And or like just three of the the good the good ones, I guess I would say. <laughs> and then there's like at some point you have to start doing the bad ones. And this is it's it's nice to be able to kind of just just vent, I guess. Thankfully though, Marvel doesn't have too many bad ones. Yeah, like the you pits know, the... are are not pits, not like deep pits. They're just like, you know, they're potholes and so they suck. But yeah, they're, they're not like you're not falling into a terrible, terrible, awful ditch. Right. I'm just very determined to get through all of the movies before even more start coming out. So Yeah, you have how many months until uh, Avengers Four? A few. I think. A few? Yeah, I think it's like April. It's like April or May, right? I forget. So we got yeah, four. Yeah, so, so like, like four, four or five. <laughs> okay. I mean, that should be that should be adequate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that trailer supposed to come out today, right? On the day I, we were recording. I think so. I have not seen it pop up yet, though. I have I YouTube have... open in the background and I'm refreshing <laughs> every five seconds. I'm not. I'm actually. I'm not refreshing. I'm. I'm just gonna wait. But I am looking forward to the trailer, as most of America is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do that without giving too much away. I mean, we know people are coming back. That's not going to be that shocking. I mean, Tom Holland did that that uh, Jimmy Kimmel thing when he was in Brooklyn, and he just showed up yeah. on the show in the Spider-Man outfit, and the end of the interview or like the, the segment was just Jimmy Kimmel being like, hey, wait a second, at the end of Infinity War, didn't you like disappear or something like that? Which just spoiled the movie for anybody who hadn't seen it yet, which is really weird to do on national television, but... Yeah, then Tom Holland was like, he's like, oh, gotta go. And he just like did a backflip and left the stage. Like that was so stupid. The outfit looks cool for the new Spider-Man. Yeah. For, uh, Far From Home. It looks like it's a more like a, I don't know what you, like a deeper blue. Um, kind of more like colored in the same way that Tobey Maguire's outfit was in the same Remy ones, but with like the, the Stark look. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to see if he gets yet another suit at the end of that movie, like we've sort of seen in previous movies where they tease the next suit and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, we'll man. have We're... to see that eventually. <laughs> I feel like they might do like the black costume maybe for the next one, but I'm, I'm, interesting to, I'm interested to see like the, if the MCU will venture into Venom territory because the Venom movie, I think since the last time we talked, Venom came out. Yeah, and it did super well despite critics not liking it much <laughs> yeah it was like i was so surprised to see what like a heaping pile of crap everything looked like but then the fans i i follow this stupid subreddit called the venom site are you on that one at all i am not it's it's fine it's not important <laughs> yeah reddit comes and goes with me it's like i'll check it frequently for like a week and then i kind of just fall off and don't check reddit for a very long time 
Yeah, it was like in 2012, I was just drawing a lot of like Spider-Man and Venom and I wanted to just, you know, see if there was any good art like or fan art being posted just to see, like draw inspiration or whatever. And I, I followed this thing called the Venom site. And, and when Venom the movie got announced, everyone was like flipping out and people were just like gushing in that post, calling it like the best Marvel movie ever made or like hearkening back to like Daredevil, which was bad. The Ben Affleck Daredevil was not good. Yeah. The general public is weird. <laughs> yeah but they love it and it did really well overseas so like obviously they're gonna make another one because it made money yeah and th- this like the content just doesn't matter at all it's still in some theaters too so it's still raking in the money it's getting close to a billion dollars pretty much that's insane yeah it was like 600 million last time i looked at it it yeah it's now above 800 god yeah <laughs> it's crazy i was just like what is happening i think overseas alone it's over 600 why is it why is that like i, I don't know <laughs> i know china has a lot to do with like movie and like international but like I, I i don't know anything about venom i haven't seen it you know it just it didn't look interesting i was like definitely wait for vod on that one so like i just don't know what appeal it could have to an international audience it's shot in like san francisco right or most of yeah. it is yeah it's like they take part of the lethal protector storyline but then ignore the entire spider-man part of the storyline <laughs> right Okay, so I kind of I, I want to ask a question about it. I know we're we're veering so far, of course, now um, <laughs> it's okay. from our main topic, but I just feel like I need to get this out of the way. Do so. Part of Venom is like the the look of Venom is drawing from like the symbiote's love for Spider Man, like the longing for Spider Man and and what he was and what he looked like, and so he kind of transfers that into Eddie Brock. Right. So do they address that at all? Why Venom looks the way it looks in the movie? You don't have you have to tell me how they address it, but do they or do they not? address it i don't think they ever did because that's craziness i i was actually a little put off by the fact that they didn't even want the spider logo on venom yeah and it just looks so weird at first when i was seeing you know when the images were popping up and everything and i was like but where's where's the the logo like yeah you know (laughs) these heroes sort of have all of these iconic logos for a reason and to not use it just seemed so weird and i mean you know tom hardy was by far my favorite part of the movie just because he just went so deep into it that you couldn't help but kind of enjoy his performance oh for sure but yeah there were a lot of weird things about it i was like but none of this makes sense as an origin story (laughs) yeah it just it's it's a really weird concept to make a venom movie without a spider-man this has probably been said on a dozen film and and comic podcasts so i know I'm, i'm not saying anything novel here but wild just that the, yeah. they would just totally ignore that concept like it, like the movie has to exist in it like the universe this movie exists in has to be one without spider-man you know it just like it's the only explanation i can think of like there's no way to draw spider-man into this so this is just going to be a, a venom universe like a venom verse if you will or like i heard actually he, into the spider-verse like he might like that that venom may be making an appearance in spider-verse i don't know who knows I am very much looking forward to that one, though. Yeah, I don't know. I do know they're they're going to build out the animated universe as well. They've already announced some new movies. But the one that really confuses me is Craven the Hunter without Spider-Man, because I just don't care about that character without Spider-Man, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, this is where I think the like the not the death of comic v- films, but like just the like when you're reaching to make movies about like, you know, villains that like you know appear every you know year or two in in the comic runs like that's reaching for a comic film it's just you know move on 
I think. I, yeah. I mean, Black Cat, that was kind of cool. Silver Sable, though, that's that's not, I don't think that's a movie there. I don't think you have enough. Like, I would rather see the Black Widow be fully, like, 100% full speed ahead right? than, than anything like that. With know? Black Cat, the only thing I can think of is that it would make a really fun heist movie. Yeah, exactly. And that's fine with me. That's kind of what Solo was to me. Right. I was just going to bring that up. Like, heist, uh, like seeing, like, genre flicks within another genre is really cool to me. You know, like, the, the, the heist flick within a Star Wars universe was awesome, and a heist flick within the cinematic universe would be great, too. You know, oh man, it's like building a team, like all the, all it would, it has the, like the potential to go into kind of like Suicide Squad territory though, with like building a, a team of villains or whatever, of anti-heroes. Right. So I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if that's great, but whatever, it would still be nice. Like heist flicks at least give you that, like if they're done right, they give you that, that suspense and that cleverness and, and whatever that you would see yeah, in like exactly. an Ocean's Eleven flick. And then Disney has their streaming service coming. So who knows what we're going to see with that, too, with a bunch of these characters. I mean, I don't think they're going to really put Spider-Man on that service just because they probably can't. But it's complicated right now with Marvel, (laughs) to say the least. They canceled uh, Daredevil, right? Yeah, they've canceled Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Daredevil, even though Daredevil had a fourth season planned. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if Jessica Jones gets a third season. I really do want a second season of The Punisher, just because I feel like if Iron Fist gets a second season, The Punisher definitely should. Right. I mean, not having watched any of these shows, I still know that they're like cultural phenomenons. And I feel that maybe Disney is just kind of like pulling these, pulling the reins back in on these. Maybe. Right. Maybe it wasn't like exclusively Netflix not ordering it or something. Maybe it was just Disney's refusal to cooperate with Netflix or something because they know they need launch titles for their their thing and they need to get people jumping from Netflix to theirs. Like it's weird because I think Infinity War premieres today or tomorrow on Netflix. I think it's actually coming Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. I think Iron Man 2 is <laughs> coming Christmas Day on like Amazon Prime too, but I was like, I'm not waiting that long. <laughs> right, right. Nor yeah, do I, I just... really want to watch that movie on Christmas Day. No, yeah, that's the greatest present. Iron Man 3 would make more sense because that was a Christmas-themed Iron Man. True. Yeah, that was just like all, whatever his name is, uh, Shane Black, what was it? Is that the director? Yes. He did, yeah, he did like Predator and everything. Um, yeah, he's just, he loves Christmas. It's so strange. Man, I could, t- I, Iron Man 3, I would love to talk about also. I because- think it's available. Yeah, I mean, sign me up for that because there's so <laughs> much like just Shane Black stuff we could talk about, and like because I watched Iron Man three, and then the next night I watched uh, what's it called, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which okay. are essentially the same film. <laughs> just I, one I has have not Iron watched Man that suits. yet, but I can yeah. watch it if you want to make it a discussion point. A hundred percent, I would love to. You should watch both those films, and then we should do we can do both of those films, and then talk about both, review both of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm all in on that idea. Deal. Okay, so let's do Iron Man 2. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I, I dragged this down a 10-minute side on that one. It's okay. I welcome tangents. <laughs> but Iron Man 2 is interesting because it doesn't really accomplish much, I guess. It's one of those things where we already know that Robert Downey Jr. is the perfect guy to play Tony Stark because Iron Man was such a big hit when it came out and I think it's one of those movies that fans really still enjoy revisiting and you then have the addition of Black Widow in this and Ivan Vanko who is played by Mickey Rourke which I 
just the look of that character, I was like, this is not good. This is oh, going really? to be ridiculous. <laughs> I was going to say, like, let's do like the things that we that we that got right and got wrong. And one of the things that I think the movie got right was Vanko. Not in the sense, like, not in any like truth to the comic or whatever or or anything. I really I thought that like the best part of this film was Mickey Rourke. Really? Maybe and like I don't know about the costume design. I think like obviously like the dreadlocks or whatever, his hair was kind of ridiculous and like Yeah. <laughs> Mickey Rourke might have it somewhere in his contract that he needs to be shirtless or like, you know, chest exposed for most of his roles. I don't know, like between this and the wrestler and his other things that were coming out around this time. Just like love showing off that chest, which is fine. <laughs> for but, me guess... it was the look that was the ridiculous part. I do okay. understand the, the the purpose of the character, which is probably yeah one of the better used characters in this movie because just acting alone to me was fantastic like i thought that like i mean he has so few lines right he's speaking broken english for most of it but like his character is written you know pretty one-dimensionally he's just a guy who's like you know his dad's dead his dad dies in the opening scene and he you know needs to avenge his dad's life's work that was taken from him by stark and so he obviously has it has it out for tony stark and you know it just uh he he just has this like believability like i believed him as like a russian outcast that was right. just there and it, it, like everything else was just kind of pale in comparison acting wise like sam rockwell was like loud as shit and just super like annoying he, <laughs> yeah he was like, he was like, he was in like 10 you know he was like pushing to 11 on that one you know, Tony Stark was just kind of like, like Downey was just fo- like phoning it in, Pepper Potts phoning it in. But like, uh, you know, I felt like Mickey Rourke had a stake in it, in this, you know, like, or he just had something to prove. Like this was his comeback year. I feel like, you know, between when did the wrestler come out? Was that like 2010, 2011? I just, I remember that was huge when it came out. And then this also was shortly after he had wrestlers 2008 and Iron Man 2 was 2010 i think yeah so like within a couple of years like mickey rourke was seeing a little bit more work than he had in the past but like but yeah he just like he he definitely he had the chops i think yeah one of the things that i thought was just a little too over dramatic for me was his big entrance on the raceway because oh yeah he did look absolutely so... ridiculous and the cgi didn't seem all that great you know you had like the flames and he was like walking out of the flames <laughs> i was like oh i mean this hurts to look at hell <laughs> yeah as hell yeah it was just like yeah he was he was just i mean his the bad parts about about whiplash or, or vanko in this movie was i feel like just the, the the problems of the movie altogether is just that he was just relegated to one corner while this other plot was over here happening and this third plot was here there was like four or five plots going on in this film at once which is fine yeah. in, in most like i mean like infinity war you have like it's it's similar to star wars you have these characters going off on their own side missions lord of the rings there are three main stories being told but in this it's all surrounding this one character like there's no development of the villains there's no development of rockwell there's no development of vanko even there's just kind of like i mean he goes from being you know on a one-man crusade against tony to being backed by rockwell but it's it's boring it's very boring and it's not like you know infinity war where you have very important plot points occurring at separate locations right this is just it was just i mean i guess again it's just boring (laughs) it was pretty obvious too that vanko didn't care 
what Hammer wanted. <laughs> and yeah. you could like, tell the entire time that he was just going to kind of phone in what Hammer wanted and then turn on him. And the thing with Hammer's storyline in this is just, is that he's just this jealous rich guy. So he is so jealous of Tony Stark that he's going to have this stupid idea to get this criminal out of prison <laughs> and think he's actually going to do the work for him instead of just getting back at Tony Stark the way he wants to. Yeah, he was just so stupid. Like, Rockwell was just... Again, another talk about characters phoning it in. Like, this dude just walks onto set and just... He's like, okay, I'm going to be a cartoon character for the next... And yes, it is a comic book, so I get it. But it's just, right. it was just like, it was a, the bad type of cartoon character. Like, Downey, at least, you know, has this, char- uh, this charisma. And Rockwell tried to project that, but he just wanted to do it in the way that was he was doing it completely wrong. He was, like, trying to be Tony Stark like the confidence, but without any of the intelligence or just just anything that, that Tony had. It was just, it was weird. It was just, I don't know, his his like spray tan on his hands was really gross. <laughs> like just Google image search that, just like Sam Rockwell, Iron Man spray tan. And it just his hands are just like Donald Trump status. It's weird. It's, it's, it's gross. Ugh, yeah. I, I just don't believe that a villain that dumb could get so far, you know? It's just it's just weird to me that he that he like he was so non threatening for the whole film, right? And and he ends up being like the villain. It's kind of like Iron Man three level where he's just where the villain ends up being not real or whatever. It's just this was kind of like they just took the villain that was real and then took the the not real villain and made him the dominating force again. It was just it was bizarre. There was no way to to look at it. Yeah. What did you think of the inclusion of Scarlett Johansson in this one? Because it kind of felt like a waste of her talents. And especially as Black Widow, it's like we have that moment where she quickly takes Happy down. And, you know, Tony and Pepper kind of freak out for a brief moment there. And then you have the scene later where she goes to hammer industries and takes a bunch of people out but i feel like the moments in between those two things happening it was just like really she's going to be his assistant oh first she's a notary though can't Mm -hmm. forget about that (laughs) right i mean truthfully this is the third or i think yeah it must be the third time i've seen this movie once when once in theaters second time when it's like just on you know streaming service like not a streaming service but like just my friend ripped it or something like that and we were watching it at home and this is the third time i saw it so and all those were separated by like this is 2010 so you know like over the course of eight years three times and i did not remember scarlett johansson was in this movie at all yeah i honestly didn't either i was like oh this is where they put her in (laughs) i had watched a winter soldier recently uh in preparation for uh, i think our civil war talk and when I saw her in that, I assumed that was her first appearance, but she was also, I think, you know, you know I thought, I, I think I thought Avengers was her first because Winter Soldier was post Avengers. So I had just assumed Avengers, yeah, her first role was in Avengers, but like, yeah, when she showed up in this, I was like, this is weird. Yeah. She was, she was, she was, <laughs> exactly. she was more of a for like in, in Winter Soldier, she was like a character. She had personality. Right. She had full interactions with, with, uh, what's his name? Captain America. <laughs> what, what's his name? What's the name of the movie again? The character that is the name of the movie. What's his name? Um, but yeah, like she was, 
she was like a, a driving force in that film, and this she was just extra. And they needed a way to introduce her. I'm not I'm not opposed to how they used her in this film now that I do remember that she was in it, or now that I was re- re- like reminded that. But uh, yeah, she she definitely like they they wanted to pull the switcheroo, you know, just like make her a pretty right. face and 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 then show you like oh she's really this one because I don't think in theaters I I, I don't. I, I wouldn't have put it together. Like her name was like Natalie Thompson or whatever or something like that. Something I think it was Rushman. So yeah, it was, Rushman. It, it, was like it was like the NR. same initials, but yeah. it wasn't like super obvious. Natalia Romanikov or something, whatever her name is. Um, but yeah. yeah, she. Um, so I, I never would. It never would have dawned on me. Like I mean, obviously the boxing match where she bests happy is. You know, they're just like, oh, well, she's more than meets the eye. She's just like a tough secretary. But that could just be easily <laughs> spun into like, ooh, Tony likes her because she's got spunk. And like, I bet right. this will come in handy later. But not that she's going to be the Black Widow, which I don't think I had a, like, as a comics reader, I don't think I was too invested in like Avengers world at that point. So I, you know, Black Widow didn't mean too much to me. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. It, I, I, like all the characters and aspects of this film, I think there are good and bad parts of each of them. And I, I do think she kicked ass at the end of the film, like that fight scene right. at the end where, where Happy's like thinking, he's like, oh, I got one. And like Natalia took care of everyone <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. the room, like all of the bad like henchmen, she got them. It was nice to see her gadgets and her, her fighting. Like they definitely granted her some autonomy. Like it sucks that she had to be like that donut shop scene or like the diner scene with, with Nick Fury that she had to be like, yeah. Oh, by the way, she like just walks into the frame and sits down next to him in like hot outfit with like crazy new hair and like you know just like the leather, like the spandex or leather or whatever the pleather that she was wearing. I was yeah, like, I was like, all right, it's a little extra, it's a little much here, you know. Is it's like gotcha. I think what probably bothered me more with that was the fact that she then became Pepper's assistant and I was like oh yeah what what purpose does that serve if she's supposed to be like keeping an eye on Tony like yeah this movie was I, I think it was just all about getting things into place for Avengers yeah. I think they realized like the end of the end of Iron Man was okay Nick Fury here he is awesome cool so something's coming something bigger is coming and then Hulk came after Iron Man, right? Or is I forget Incredible Hulk? They they came the same year, and I never remember which was first, but they were definitely both in two thousand eight. Tony Stark makes an appearance in Incredible Hulk, right, and just kind of like tries to tempt him with something. I forget what it's because that's one movie I haven't rewatched. Yeah, I, I'll be I doing that it. soon, so we'll we'll see how it goes. God bless, God bless <laughs> on you. <laughs> just be strong. Uh, but yeah, it is so they were definitely moving towards something, but this one, they're like, oh shoot, Avengers is coming like next year or whatever. And we definitely need to put Tony in a, in a spot. So let's like, let's introduce Black Widow. Cause we need her to be a main character in Avengers. We need, uh, Nick Fury to be more of a presence. We need Tony's like reluctance to be an Avenger, a thing which was brought in through the end of the movie. We just got to put him in a spot where he's like at prime health. They just, they just needed something like, like injector like it was like fuel injector i think for the marvel cinematic universe like they just like okay we need something to bridge the gap but we don't know what so let's just do a whole bunch of crap put it together put some really like paper thin plots and paper thin conflicts on this thing and uh we'll have some lasers and flying things it'll be fine you know 
that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. My last note on casting, though, is the recasting of Rhodey because all of a sudden it's Don Cheadle and you're like, oh, OK. All right. Cool. And then he becomes War Machine and you're like, all right, that's a thing. He's a silver Iron Man. <laughs> right. Well, he I mean, there's that the next time baby thing that Terrence Howard said at the end of uh, Iron Man 1. Right. And he, look, he looks over at the, the suit and he's like. That was that was such a great moment in the theaters. I mean, I can't like I could go like like many of the movies I love, I could go on for Iron Man one forever, and about how awesome it was and just <laughs> how great it was to see it in theaters and all the things they got right. Would you know the story about Terrence Howard not coming back? Is it just a salary thing? He was he was fine. I liked him more. He was definitely. I mean, he's not Don Cheadle in the sense. I mean, they are very different looking people. So like replacing one with the other was just. You know, obviously weird. Did they, did they do in Iron Man two? Did they do like a you look different or like did you lose some weight or something like that? Did they do one of those kind of things? I forget. No, I don't think they did because, well, they they had like a brief moment because it was when he showed up at the Senate hearing, and or like, like oh, I almost didn't recognize you or something like that. Or it, it was like something like how have you been or something. It was it was just like some quick thing. like good to see you again or something like that and it didn't really specifically mention it but it was one of those things where he walks in and you're like oh that's not who I was expecting it to be obviously now I was expecting it to be him but like they had to say his name three or four times in the beginning like just in the first introduction of this character like multiple times be like this this is Rhodey this is James Rhodes oh Rhodey you know famous hero it's like they had to make it very clear (laughs) like I, I thought Terrence Howard was fine um, but it had to be a salary dispute. Like it must have been like a you know Downey was making way more than ever than everybody else in Iron Man two. And Terrence Howard's like, well, that's not fair. And Don <laughs> right. Cheadle's like, I'll do it. You know, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll get in on this. Like I feel like Don Cheadle took advantage of a great situation. He knew that the MCU was going to be huge. He knew that it would be cool, like in a fun movie to make, obviously, because it, it looked like fun, you know, to be in that suit and or you know to get to do those things. And it's Marvel money. It's Disney money. Eventually, right. you know, I don't think. Like Disney probably hadn't bought him yet, right? But it was it was going to be soon if it hadn't happened already. So he he just basically like it's kind of how I was okay tangent Mike tangent right now where it has <laughs> almost nothing to do with anything. But but I was listening to this uh this podcast episode from Twenty Thousand Hertz about uh dubbing in films and how for movies like Star Wars um they approach dubbing artists and, and actors and actresses. And they're like, oh, will you do this Star Wars movie? Which is a huge thing. And like, you know, Harrison Ford makes a lot from that movie. All, all, all the main characters make a huge amount of money from Force Awakens when it comes back. And big salaries all around. But the dubbing actors are, are pitched like tiny, tiny, tiny salaries. You know, like right. just nothing. Like what they would make on any other film. Like but why shouldn't our sal- salary scale for a film that's going to make a billion dollars or whatever? And they're like, no, because literally we could ask anyone to do a Star Wars movie and they would do it just to be a part of it. So that's kind of how I see like what happened with with uh, Terrence Howard. I, again, I haven't read like the, the Hollywood Reporter and, and found the true story yet um, behind everything. I don't think it's like a like a Ed Norton thing where he wanted creative control of the Hulk and Avengers and everything and the MCU or like producer credit. Right. Um, I think Terrence Howard just wanted to be paid fairly, um, and Marvel was just like, "Well, I don't care. <laughs> just we'll take anybody else who will do this." Yeah, I do love some of the roadie moments in this movie though because he has that moment where he's at the party 
And he just goes and gets one of the suits to get Tony to basically calm down before he hurts a bunch of people because he is drunk wearing the Iron Man suit. Yes. And he just straight up flies away with it and does not have any intention of returning it. Like that, see, that scene too, it stuck out to me as a really good, uh, like good dialogue yeah. in a bad setting. Like that, was, that scene was just so over the top. Like and Tony the, totally him, deserved it too, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he deserved what he got for sure. But I'm I'm just speaking in terms of like the filmmaking behind the scene, or like, or just yeah, like the writing. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, so at a party, Tony's gonna get drunk. And he's gonna wear an Iron Man suit and be weird, which I'm sure he's done in the comics. Um, and we'll dabble a little bit in his alcoholism, but we're not gonna go full Monty on this thing. We'll have him like start scratching the turntable and making stupid toasts and blowing stuff up and like having DJ AM, uh, rest in peace, uh, in the background, just, you know, just doing his thing. And it was just like, so like, and then, and then just like Superman, like superhero fight in the middle of, of a party, clear out the guests, everybody go, go, you know, it's like very much like a saloon in like a wild West movie or something like that kind of scene where it's like just a stupid, goofy thing happening. And then all of a sudden it gets serious all of a sudden. And then he, and you, the fight happens. Like, you want to be the war machine? Like, it's it's a very interesting conflict and conversation they're having. He's like, Tony just sobers up immediately, which is weird. And he's just like, yeah, like, oh, but like, but actually now here's some integrity behind my drunken stupor. You you want to take my suit and like make it a weapon? Go ahead, like do your thing. And Rhodey's like, okay. He just knocks him out and he goes. <laughs> like, it was just, it was a good scene. I feel like there, there it could have been written so much better in a different context, you know, yeah there's a lot going on here another roadie scene though to stay on roadie um that happens subsequent to that scene that you're that you're describing is that i thought was really awkward to watch in the film is when roadie takes it to i think general ross or somebody or he goes he he takes it to the military basically right when he lands in that airfield and just walks in it's like a very long drawn out aside that doesn't have anything to, I mean, it, obviously we need to know that Rhodey is now in, like War Machine is in the possession of the U.S. Army, but it was weird to me the way they shot that. And he just like, yeah, it's like, okay, I don't, I didn't need to know he did this. Like you could have just had him show up at the convention at the expo and just say it's a thing, you know, like the army is doing it. That would have very clearly told us it would have been sufficient. But instead they stick in this like three or four minute scene of just him flying to an air base doing a long dramatic walk down the runway being surrounded by a bunch of soldiers and walking up to some high authority figure and being like general i'm here and then it was like a fade out or something like that it was like really weird and not it was super out of place to me yeah they even could have cut that down and just had him land at the air force base without making you know sort of like this slow motion entrance (laughs) even so yeah like i mean that would have been better but just yeah i mean just get rid of it all together like it was just like a it is a weird location to stick in the movie for three minutes and then never right. come back to again. And and clearly, like, I don't need to see what that he, like, the, he clearly ends up in somebody's possession and gets turned into War Machine. So that's that's all we needed. <laughs> you know, he's not at the party, but he's at the expo. It, it was drawn out when they go through all of the weapons, too, with Hammer. They have the suit laying there, and Hammer is just showing Rhodey and the other guy the weapons. And Rhodey's not saying anything. He's just sort of standing there looking at all of the weapons and then says he'll take all of them. And it's like, okay, yeah, did, we need, it was, did we need that? There was so much filler. Yeah, 
there were a lot of things about that that I think they could have cut and spent more time elsewhere because one of the things I didn't think they explored enough was when Tony was given his dad's blueprint and everything for his next project by Fury and there's so much emotionally that they could have done there and they touched on it a little I felt but otherwise it was just Tony getting to work and not really having any feelings about it which isn't surprising for Tony but at the same time I think they could have dug a little deeper into his relationship with his dad and how that didn't sort of go as he thought it would when he was a kid. Mm, yeah, John Slattery as to, as uh, what's his name, Howard Stark. Uh, that was yeah, it was nice to see him, but it was just that whole montage scene. It's just like another plot. Like, can we list all the plots of this movie? You have the Vanko plot. You have the Tony getting sick. Stark. You have the Tony's affection for his father, or like rejected affection for his father. You have the Sam Rockwell plot. You have the drones that are being created. You have the Pepper Potts romance. You have the War Machine getting away. I'm on seven right now. Seven yeah. plots. <laughs> it, um, and I'm then you have Shield. Shield, yes, the development of Shield and Scarlett Johansson's character. That's, uh, I mean, I'll count those as two. Even if I counted one, then we're still that's eight. Yeah, like it's just it goes on, and like it's not uncommon, like Love Actually, for a film to have you know like multiple co- like plots going on, but like and you have Pepper becoming CEO and yeah. not wanting to be CEO. There's <laughs> ten plot lines in this film that there's so that many progress throughout the course of this like hour and thirty minutes or whatever it is. You know, it's it's just too much and. Like part of the beauty of Iron Man 1 was that it was just this linear path of Tony Stark taking him from to asshole to hero. And we're just like, maybe not asshole, but just like, you know, not caring American entrepreneur, war warmonger, um, weapons manufacturer to hero at the end of it. And that was just a great linear progression. Um, it stuck within the whole thing. And this one is just, there's so much going on and it just could have been simplified. Like, Things I would have liked to see more of. Oh, Tony's alcoholism. That's that's eleven. You know, like yes. But like they didn't even touch on it. Did you watch the um? Did you watch the alternate intro for this movie? I did not. Oh, I I recommend you and any listeners who are who have not seen this to check this out. Um, but it's so it's on YouTube if you if you just YouTube alternate intro alternate opening for Iron Man two. It's two. It's like a two minute video and it's got the Marvel logo. I think it was Paramount did this one. I forget. Um. But yeah, you have the Paramount logo, the Iron Man logo, Marvel Comics logo um, coming up on this one. And over that, you hear Tony Stark, similar, maybe similar to what you saw in Iron Man 1, where he's just kind of like being held hostage or whatever. But you hear him being like, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. And it's like whispering. It sounds like he's in like a chamber, like a very close quarters, being close mic'd, okay. like breathing heavily. And he's just like, I'm not going to do this. Like, I can't. I'm going to die. And like you're like, oh man, your interest is peaked, and it opens, and then it's like hard cut to just him at a toilet on an airplane, like this kneeling over it, and like as if he's just been vomiting there. He's got like the the half C, not the CG suit, but like the practical suit on, so like his hands aren't CG'd yet. His like the rest of his thing, he's wearing like the little balls and everything, right? Um, and he's just talking, has this really bad dialogue with Pepper. It's just shit dialogue, um, <laughs> with her and just talking about like how he's really drunk. She's like, you look hungover. You always you look like you do every day. You look hungover. And just basically him just trying to abandon the mission, the, so to speak, which ends up just being him jumping out of the plane to the Stark Expo, which is what we do end up seeing in the film after the, the Vanko opening. 
Um, but yeah, just him being a drunken mess and saying, I can't do this. I'm going to die. Like, I, like I feel terrible. You can't give me Motrin for a hangover or whatever. Um, cause I'm not on my, my period or something like genuinely sexist and probably out of date for 2010, probably super off color for 2010. And, right. um, yeah. And, and, and he, then he just jumps out of the airplane. He, she's like, Oh, but you have to do it. And he's like, Oh, okay. And then they do the dialogue from the movie and he jumps out the airplane. And it was just so like, like, it, again, the dialogue was terrible, but it would have been nicer to have that aspect of his alcoholism in the movie. It's like, I get that it's a movie for kids and you can't really, you have to tread lightly on substance abuse in a PG 13 movie. And you only get one F bomb for the whole thing. If it's a PG 13, like there's just, there's a lot of rules. I get it, but it still would have been a way more interesting film if, if they had just delved deeper into this dark side of Tony and instead of just that one party scene where they kind of make it seem like he's partying because he thinks he's going to die soon because of this disease like they replaced his alcoholism with his whatever the the toxicity that his arc reactor is giving him or whatever i think it's dumb that they also kept pepper in the dark for so long about the fact that tony was dying because she is the person who sees him the most probably and she knows him better than he knows himself sometimes and we see that in the first movie but then it's like that goes out the window in this one and she just has no clue that he's dying but she has this feeling that he's not telling her something and mm. she just doesn't prod him all that much further to figure out what it is i wonder if that's because of like rewrites or reshoots with the alcoholism thing because like yeah in the if you look at the opening she's very clear that he's hung over and he drinks a lot the alternate opening rather um that he's drink that he drinks a lot and he's an alcoholic or whatever um and if they if they did replace this toxicity thing which it does seem like too big of a plot point for it to be like a rewrite or something like that or to be like injected later on but i'm i'm wondering if if i mean you're you're totally right she it does her a disservice yeah. as a character because it because it makes her into this dummy who can't see the obvious like you said she knows exactly who tony is and yeah i mean it it, it makes sense that tony would be prideful and trying to hide it from her but it would have been better if they had pulled like a i'm trying to think of an example of it, but i can't if, if she had just known the whole time yeah and, it was and, just weird because fury noticed it within like two seconds of sitting down with him and it's like come on yeah and and, and I think it would have been way better to have Pepper Potts not be like a dumb blonde or whatever or something. And I don't think she is. I think that later on they, they paint her as a very competent CEO and person right. manager, especially in Avengers, you know, when she has the better of Tony and knowing who Coulson is and about the cellist and all that good stuff. And yeah. And in Iron Man three, I don't, they, they treat her a lot better in Iron Man three, I believe. But yeah, yeah, it just, it seems that like she would definitely, you're right, she would know what was going on for sure. Yeah, and because there are so many plot lines in this, it feels like some of them just don't get resolved really, and this whole movie was leading up to the Avengers initiative without telling us what it even was. It was just like, you see the file at the end and they're like, oh, you can't read that yet, or I don't want you reading that yet, is what Fury says to him and some strand of words there <laughs> he says he doesn't want him on the team right yeah he says, he's like we'll use you as a consultant yeah that was black widow's based on black widow's report because it was like you know iron man yes tony stark no mm. but then colson comes to stark tower in avengers and is like 
So about this Avengers initiative. Right. Can we do this thing? Like, how about that? Like, it's a weird sort of retcon, I guess, in that respect. But yeah, it's it was cool. Like, I guess they needed to keep tone, like keep the the doors open for how they were going to write Avengers and how they were going to bring the heroes together. Because yeah. if you just have this entity called the Avengers at the beginning of the Avengers, it kind of defeats the point of, like, the, it removes the conflict from creating the Avengers, essentially. You know, if Tony's parading around as, like, a, a world team, like a world savior team, then it doesn't really make a lot of sense to have him as, like, there need to be something, some tension going into Avengers. They do a lot of set up for it too obviously by including scarlett johansson and then you have them bringing in the idea of the avengers and the post credit scene then gives us thor's hammer so it's like they're th- throwing these things at you but they're trying to do it subtly but it doesn't really come off that way it's just like okay here's some things and we'll tell you more later <laughs> yeah yeah definitely like it, the i think it would have been cool to because i didn't watch thor for a long time until event i didn't see thor until after avengers so i had no idea what was going on like and so it was cool for me to see in iron man 2 to see the hammer at the end of it like it was like cool like oh i wonder what's gonna happen but um but then i just didn't it wasn't interesting enough for me to actually go see thor when it came out right probably don't blame me for that yeah i mean it just it looked like like Avengers movies are like Marvel. You can say what you want about it. it as corny as it is in general, like Thor was to me way cornier. It, it took yeah. until Ragnarok for them to figure that out. For more on Ragnarok, <laughs> listen to <laughs> our previous episode. Yeah, it's one of those things, like I said earlier, for the most part, they nailed down these characters pretty well and what they wanted to do with them. I think you know, Captain America was probably the most successful of the solo movies and most consistent, I would say. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. After rewatching Winter Soldier again, like just like Captain 1, solid. Captain 2, also solid. Cap 3, obviously one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, I just think they like this was just, they knew it was like their cash cow essentially for Iron Man 2. Like Iron Man was their big, their heavy hitter and it was just it was just on the books like oh two years later we need another iron man movie to hold us over <laughs> and the thing is they were sort of starting with their you know b and c list characters in the comics because they didn't have spider-man they didn't have fantastic four they didn't have x-men so they sort of had to dig a little deeper and be like okay what characters can we pluck out and use and even though iron man had been around for a long time same with the hulk yeah. you know they were two of the very early characters even thor and captain america too but it was just like you kind of have this ragtag team of heroes that you're trying to put together and they all have such different skills and personality traits that you know you obviously see that in avengers too where they come together and you know, no one really knows who to look to for anything. And Tony obviously assumes it's him. But then, you know, Cap is kind of the more obvious choice. And it's just interesting to see how they progressed from introducing these characters individually and then getting to Avengers and having something like this sort of be filler and set up at the same time. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I can't look to it for like anything more than like a few good laughs, a couple action scenes. I mean, I think the action scenes are like one of the few times that this movie delivers. Yeah. I think it's also, some of them are like the, the Monaco scene is pretty wasted. I think like, it's just, it's over in like, you know, five, five minutes or so, like less than five minutes. Like Vanko cuts the car in half on the track. He then, <laughs> what else does he, he cuts the car in half. He swings his whips around. Tony takes a long ass time. I think happy hits Vanko with a car. Yeah. And a then few Tony times. gets, yeah. And then like gets the suit on. It's, and, and that suit was cool. Like, I like the idea of that suit. I wish they had played more with it. It took a very long time to get that suit on because he even, you know, ripped apart the Rolls Royce with Happy and Pepper in it before Pepper was able to get him the suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like a... And then and then that's it. Like, Iron Man just subdues him. He grabs the whips and sends, like, whatever energy back down and disables him and takes him down. And that's that, that's almost the halfway point in the movie. When that happened halfway through, like I think I was seeing it probably with my friend Sam in the theaters, and we just kind of like were like, "What? Oh God! Now what's gonna happen? Like that's it? That's a wrap on Vanko? Like there's yeah. got to be a third act? And then the third act, like he doesn't get to come back, like you know, in a giant whiplash suit. You know, you, it's like you you expect something that similar to what you saw at the end of Iron Man one with uh, Obadiah. What's his that's his name? As a uh, Iron Monger? Yeah, uh, that's the second Monger in the. <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a killmonger and an ironmonger. Yeah. What did you think of the fact that Tony told Vanko exactly how to fix his suit? Oh, I thought it was great. I think that's, again, like some of the few things they got right was Tony's arrogance in this movie. Yeah. It came back to bite him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I'm glad you pointed it out. That's uh, it's like, there, there. we need to start. Yeah. Other things that this movie did well, because I think I've just been shitting on it for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some tangents. It hasn't been 45 minutes yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But like, so what did it do right? I think the chemistry between Don Cheadle and Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic. Yeah. But I also believe like the chemistry between those two actors and a plank of wood would be fine too. Like those dudes are just so charismatic in general and such tremendous actors that like, it's not surprising. Um, but together, you know, like they, they do sell the old friendship thing. Right. I think underneath everything that is going on, they do some nice character work with Tony, even if it is with his arrogance and things like that, you know, he sort of has to hit rock bottom and think he's actually going to die but then he's you know given this little bit of hope by getting his dad's blueprint and everything and that sort of just gives him the boost he needs to sort of get back to doing what he's best at and even though you know what he tells Vanko comes back to bite him it's something that he can obviously learn from it's like okay yeah maybe we don't tell the bad guys how to fix their tech <laughs> Yeah, he was just, um, it's kind of like what you see in Iron Man 3 with him uh, giving out his address, his home address after Happy ends up in the hospital, where he's just like, it's, that's the thing about Iron Man 2 and 3, uh, not to go back down on the negative path again, but like, <laughs> my, my, I was mentioning this to you before we started recording, but like, the reason I watched these movies again, I was watching all of the Tony Stark films. I wanted to see the arc of Tony Stark over the course of the MCU. So I watched it from Iron Man 1 through, I think I got to, I didn't end up watching Infinity War again. I'm saving that for whenever it drops on streaming. Okay. But um, but yeah, so I, I, I've just been kind of watching his character grow and I think they just stopped caring about like a dynamic or like character development, you know, yeah. in, in terms of like, 
Like, he just became Tony Stark. And, like, I guess Iron Man 3, like, he didn't learn anything from the Vanko thing. Because in, in Iron Man 3, he just, you know, gives out his home address, and sure enough, there is a missile attack on his home, which probably would have happened regardless of whether he gave out his home address or not, or, like, dared the Mandarin to come after him. But I'm it, sure it, on satellites you can tell which house is Tony Stark's. <laughs> or you can just, like, Google. I can Google, like, Barbara Streisand's house because, it, yeah. you know, she tried to hide it, you know? It's, it's, it's just, like, it's, uh, it's just, like, a... It's the thing, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. Anybody can find out these things. You look at like, you know, tax records or whatever. Or... Right. Property records, things yeah. like that. It's like public, public domain, you know? Um, but yeah, I, 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 what else did the movie get right? Um, the scene at the end where Don Cheadle's like creepily watching Pepper and Tony make out or whatever. That's great. Yeah. It, it does have, you know, a few redeeming things, but for the most part it was, one of those things where you're just like, okay, they wanted to milk this character because the first movie was so good, but they also wanted to do just enough to get you to the next movie. Yeah, yeah. I think they just, they really just focusing on, like, okay, so what, if, if you had to say one thing that Tony Stark, cha- like how he changed over the course of this movie, can you, could you nail it down? I'm trying to think. Like, <laughs> I mean, he realized his dad actually cared about him. Right. I think that, that's probably it. And I think also that's probably why the alcoholism thing had to take a back seat or like a non-seat at all, like get kicked out of the car essentially because right. he, because like you can't solve alcoholism with a father's love, unfortunately. Like alcoholism is a disease and like right. you have to, it's like a, it's a social problem. It's a physical problem and you know, requires a lot more than like realizing your dad cares about you. It's part of it for sure. Don't want to discount it. But and he's an actor yeah. who definitely knows that too. So Downey I think, Jr., yeah. you know, because of everything he went through in his personal life leading mm-hmm. up to Iron Man, pretty much, I think that's really when he got his life together. Right. I don't think, you know, him going through the alcoholism for the role would have worked if they didn't go into it all the way like they could have if right. you know these weren't all pg-13 movies mm, yeah yeah i think i think that's probably why the sickness had to be brought into him so like you could say he changed in terms of becoming well right like become becoming a more stable iron man um but it just ended up being kind of like a weird macguffin to throw into a film that already has so many other conflicts going on in it like the idea of like, like the drone thing that was interesting because i feel like that was kind of when the whole like it was when Obama was in office and and the drone thing was very present back then you know as far as like you know we're we're leaving like not automated but like we're letting we're doing all of our warfare remotely and so you know has Hammer coming up with that and Vanko showing like the dangers of you know not AI, I guess AI I guess which we again not learning our lesson because of Ultron <laughs> yeah clearly but um yeah yeah so it was just the it was a it was a weird movie. <laughs> to say the yeah. least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it was I, it was entertaining, but you end up just walking away not really feeling full from it. You just, you're just kind of like a couple laughs here and there. Oh, man, was that the one with – was this the one with Gary Shandling saying, fuck yes. you, Mr. Stark? Yes. yes. That was great, man. <laughs> that was at the Senate Gary hearing. Shandling. That was so good. And then later they have him giving him and War Machine their – medals <laughs> which was even better oh yeah see like a, he calls him a little prick he's like something see what see how bad a little prick can be sometimes or whatever yeah you know, like that yeah line. just such a great like cameo you know and then he gets his in um he reveals he's in hydra in winter soldier right gary shandling's character or is that iron man three 
He whispers Hail Hydra in somebody's yeah. ear. Yeah. I don't remember which movie it was. Sometimes they all end up blending together. <laughs> which I guess is their goal, you know, as, yeah. the, as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They want these films to blend together. But I think maybe that's changing. They're course correcting that aspect because of the weird, like the time periods that these movies are taking place in. Black Panther taking place in mostly in Africa um, and like in a fantastic Wakandan setting. Um, contrasting it with, you know, the, the the villages of Africa or whatever like that. Um, and then, you know, also it was in the cities, like the urban communities also, which is nice. And then for, uh, what's his name? What's her name? Uh, Captain Marvel, the Carol Danvers right. movie's coming out. That That's going to be like a 90s film, I think, yeah. right? I'm pretty excited about that one. It's kind of the, the same idea as X-Men that they're kind of trudging down on this one. It's like a, this take... Like we have these characters that have existed for so many years and all these different decades and aesthetics and well, let's see what you know the X Men would look like in the nineties or the seventies or whatever. Um, so it's a nice, it's it's a very there's a lot of source material to draw from and a lot of visual material to draw from in terms of this. It's gonna be interesting. I like I feel like the 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 soundtrack for Captain Marvel will be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll throw some like TLC or something in there, just some good nineties music. That'd be good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well they age down Coulson and Fury too, because right, yeah, they're definitely actors who are getting older. It's not like that, you know, they look horrible by any means, but to make them look like they did in the '90s, that'll be interesting. And they've done a really good job with that before, even with you know Tony. So yeah, that was ridiculous that scene. Yeah, it was so sweet. I bet that <laughs> is very expensive, though. Oh my god, I can't imagine just changing the way he looks. I mean, it's almost like a Tarkin in Star Wars in Rogue One when they right. brought him back. But but now they're like they're taking a real person, they're de aging them. So they're probably shooting the same scene. I mean, Nick Fury looked pretty good in the trailers. I guess you know he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, I think so too. But there is a lot to look forward to next year for Marvel. That's mm. for sure. And right now, I'm just really excited about the animated Spider-Man movie coming out on my birthday. So yes, I saw Harry Potter. Uh, with Aaron a couple days ago and they were doing a trailer for that and I hadn't seen the trailers yet I've been kind of I I wanted to steer clear of it because it is a movie I'm going to see and it's like you know any other situation where I know I'm going to see this movie in theaters so I don't want to spoil too much with the trailers um but I definitely that's John Mulaney as Spider-Ham I think yeah John Mulaney yeah yeah. oh my god that's great I I wish I that, that I hadn't I wish I hadn't seen the trailer for that reason because I wanted to be spoiled by Spider-Man. <laughs> I really love the different textures that they're using in the animation oh, yeah. for that too. It, it's, it looks it's so crazy. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we we will not spoil anything any further because I probably know quite a bit about it that you don't want to know just yeah, yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I know Nick Cage is in it. That's all. That's all I got. Um, yeah. But I I wish they had kept the Spider Gwen secret as well because that was that would have thrown me for sure. Yeah, I think I think they're going to go all in on the animated universe too for Sony, and you know I <laughs> don't got, mind. They got it. They don't have a lot of chips left, so they're just they're yeah. going all in. They have to. They're just like they're just like okay. Well, Marvel is doing really well. Ven- I mean, Venom did fine, so you know I guess they they're back in like the running for you know they're, maybe they'll try and take back Spider Man or whatever. Um, Man, if they try and take control of Tom Holland again, that would suck. Yeah, I really like what they're doing with him in the MCU. Yeah, they they. I don't want to. They're see having Tom fun Holland. with him, which I think is a 
really good idea. <laughs> so Yeah, it's a big contrast from what they've done before, which is just torture the poor child. Yeah. I mean, they made him, they disappeared him, I guess. So so we'll see what, what they're doing with him next movie. He didn't feel so good. And don't, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> yeah. But what a great meme. What a great meme yeah, it generated, true. you know? <laughs> Seriously. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on to talk about or complain about Iron Man 2, whichever way you want to look at it. But we will definitely do Iron Man 3 sometime soon. I have more time freeing up in December. so Awesome. I'm happy to return for that. It'll be great. Yes. And to the listeners, as always, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.